You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy and follow the show Locked On Horns. Got another full show. We're talking a little bit more about Steve Sarkeesian, quarterback situation. Joshua Neighbors of Locked On Big 12 will be joining us in just a bit. Uh, but first, let's get into the the news of the day. Uh, obviously, Steve Sarkeesian is trying to put it together his staff. Zach Barnett of the Football Scoop is reporting that it looks like A.J. Milby, who is an analyst, at Alabama and was set to become the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach at Arkansas state with Butch Jones, who was also an analyst at Alabama last year as the new head coach there at Arkansas state. Looks like he's not going to be taking that job with Butch Jones. In fact, he's coming to Texas to be the new quarterback coach for Steve Sarkeesian, which is important because for a guy who is known as kind of a, a quarterback whisperer or whatever you want to say, uh, a, a guy who's known for, developing quarterbacks, it's important for him to get his guy in. So when I hear this, A.J. Milwee, who I, I don't know a ton about, uh, that seems like a good thing. Uh, if Steve Sarkeesian is, is saying, this is the guy I want as my quarterback coach, that's important. The other big name that that they were talking about, uh, along with Stan Drayton, A.J. Milwee, so you have your quarterback and your running back. Who's going to be your offensive line coach? They let Herb Hand go on Monday. So you know there's going to be a new offensive line coach. And the name we're hearing is the offensive line coach at Alabama, which is Kyle Flood, uh, who, who does a fantastic job. He was a secondary recruiter for Tommy Brockermeyer. So you know he's going to go after those Texas talents. Uh, and he's going to be the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator at Texas. And I think it's important because for him to leave Alabama, there had to be some sort of promotion. So this promotion, he becomes the offensive coordinator at the University of Texas. These are all things that we've heard on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, we've heard Will Muschamp has turned down the offer to come to Texas. The next name was Barry Odom, but it seems like people are tweeting out that Barry Odom is staying. I haven't seen official word, but that seems to where it's leaning so where do they go on the defensive side of the ball as far as coaches? I think it would be smart to, to keep Chris Ash, but it doesn't seem like that's in the cards. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of where they go uh, in terms of who is going to be the defensive coordinator uh, for, for Steve Sarkeesian's staff. And, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how kind of how that plays out. Who, who's going to run the defense? Who's, who's going to be uh, in charge of that? Uh, it, it looks like it might be Mississippi State's Zach Arnett uh, is, is the name that, you know, we've, we've kind of heard through the grapevine as far as who's going to be the defense coordinator. I think it's going to be important, especially given the fact that you have a player in um, – you have a player in Jawan Mitchell who was tweeted out. Uh, he's going to be playing, and he's going to be played 
under he's gonna be playing under the tutelage of Chris Ash and Coleman Hutzler, whether that's a Texas or wherever it is. That's interesting. So if if they don't return, does that mean Juwan Mitchell is going to go back into the transfer portal? He very well could be. Uh, but Zach Arnett is a guy that he spent his first year as defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Prior to that, he spent time with San Diego State from 2011 to 2019 in various roles. Graduate assistant linebackers coach, D.C. linebackers coach at San Diego State the last two seasons before joining Mike Leach's staff at Mississippi State. Now he could be leaving again and, and heading over to Texas, and, and it'd be interesting to see what the role is. Is it a lateral move, or is he taking on a role like defensive coordinator, assistant head coach? Uh, you know, and so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, he is a former linebacker who played at New Mexico. Um, so... Uh, he was actually a uh, first-team academic All-American in 2008, uh, which was his final year there. Uh, he, I think he was he was a two-star player, or a two-way player, baseball, and he. I think he originally accepted a scholarship for baseball, but he ended up playing football and played a linebacker spot. And now he's he's worked his way up, and, and now he potentially can be the defensive coordinator. Uh, he was originally supposed to go to Syracuse, but ended up going to Mississippi State. Uh, and so he's a name to keep an eye on, and, and we'll keep an eye on other names that potentially pop up as far as who's going where. Uh, but if we're looking at the names, the Kyle Flood one is, is very interesting to me in the fact that Kyle Flood is going to help with recruiting. He's going to help with the offensive line, remember. The Alabama offensive line just won the Joe Moore Award, which is given to the best offensive line in the country. Offensive line has been a problem for Texas as much as you could say quarterback development has been a problem. They don't seem to have those same issues with skill positions. It's just the offensive line, the quarterback, when you're looking on the offensive side of the ball, things that are going to change under Steve Sarkeesian. Those are big. Those are massive. And honestly, that's – a, uh, a huge get and with Steve Sarkeesian and, and, and the quarterback play and, and how, how that's all going to transpire. Casey Thompson, obviously, is going to be right at the top. Hudson Card right there with him. Charles Wright. Could there be another quarterback in play? Could they go into the transfer portal and get another quarterback? Or could they offer another quarterback out of this class and sign two like they did last year? Obviously, they lost two this year. Jaquinta Jackson has gone to Utah and Sam Ellinger has gone to the NFL draft. Uh, but let's, let's dive into our conversation uh, with my man, Joshua neighbors, locked on big 12 podcast. But first I want to ask you, are you ready for some football? Bowl season is coming to an end on Monday. We have the national championship game, Alabama, Ohio state. Who are you taking? Who should you take with the NFL playoff picture? The playoffs begin this coming weekend. What team should you take? There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Should you take Pittsburgh over the Cleveland Browns this weekend? With all the COVID issues that they're having, that's going to be an interesting playoff matchup. Uh, 
and and that's one to pay attention to and, and get the lines on who you should take in the college football national championship game. I think Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite. The over under was a, I believe, a whopping seventy five points. Make sure you check it out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. All right, as we get ready to talk with Josh about Steve Sarkeesian, just want to remind you that 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, you got to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking the college basketball games, college football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now I am bringing in Josh Neighbors, Locked On Big 12. We've hammered this Steve Sarkeesian, Tom Herman, uh, from a Texas perspective, but I want to get a more national perspective, or at least the landscape of the Big 12 conference. Now, Josh, we previously had a conversation on uh, on our on our network, the uh, Locked On podcast, where we talked about who's the favorite going into next year. So my first question is, you know, before we get to that, let's do the first question. Yeah. Your initial thoughts Saturday morning and you're texting me like, what the heck is going on? Tom Herman has been fired. I mean, what was your initial thought other well, than that? So I was working on a serious XM show and we were in the final 20 minutes of it. And, uh, you know, my job at that time is to also man Twitter in addition to other things. But, you know, I saw the notification. I put it in the chat and Chris Plank, who works it over at OU and Bobby Carpenter, uh, former Ohio State uh, player. You know, we were talking about it, and, you know, the news just came up and then we got the news from Chip Brown that it was going to be Sark. And, um, you know, the, just the news was shocking as a piece of news, right? It was just, you know, the way it happened in succession, bang, bang, was very interesting and, and very Texas was my first thought. Yep. As a coaching thing, um, I lo- I like Steve Sarkeesian as a coach. I had mentioned that before. The, the thing is, is he going to have power to bring in the people that he wants to? And then can they develop talent? Uh, Andy Staples had a great article today about how many uh, how many NFL players each school puts out and how many guys get drafted. And Texas, you know, when you look at the recruiting classes compared to other schools, they're up there. When you look at the number of kids who get drafted compared to other schools, they're down there. So right. there is that four-year gap or three-year gap, whatever it is, gap, where that something's not clicking in that time. And so can Sark bring in the right people to develop talent? And when I heard you know, a name like Barry Odom was floated out there for defensive coordinator, I was like, that is excellent. And I, I went to Missouri, didn't like Barry Odom as head coach, love him as a coordinator. So I think the idea that it's about talent development now is something that Sark has to take full on. He can't try to be uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee and recreate Alabama because that didn't work, right? You know, recruiting right. and trying to create that monster. He ain't got to recruit too, but you got to develop kids. You got to build kids. And uh, I think Steve Sarkeesian takes that job understanding. I, I don't think he's coming to the job and thinking he can do what he did at Alabama um, and try to make that in, in you know, in, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, and you're dead on, and I think that's why Herb Hand, it was announced on Monday that he would no longer be here. Why? Because of development. Uh, he can't recruit. I mean, he lost the Brockermeyer twins. I mean, those those were guys you can't miss on, and nobody thought that was even an option. Uh, and, and you bring on Steve Sarkeesian, and the name being floated around to come with him to be his offensive coordinator, oh, he's the offensive line coach at University of Alabama, Kyle Flood. That's a name that we've heard. 
they get him and and Odom, like you said, I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, with the, with those two guys and and you know they have skins on the wall and and I mean, how many times have we heard about a defensive end, defensive tackle coming out of Missouri? Uh, you know, during the Barry Odom years. Yeah, I mean, a whole, a whole lot, a whole yeah, lot. I mean, lot. and look, those things, those are not four and five star kids too. Oh, that's you have right. to understand is like the guy, like your Charles Harris is the world. Um, your guy, you know, the guy this year, Nick Bolton is somebody that Barry Odom recruited, who's you know one of the high, the best linebackers in the entire country. Uh, you know, the guys like Shane Ray's, right? You, you, those those guys in the world. These are not guys who are four and five star recruits. You develop them. That's what schools like Virginia Tech, schools like Wisconsin, schools like Missouri at their peak do that. And Texas, I'm not saying you have to do that, but just what you you want to apply some of that to four and five star kids and to get them playing at the level that you think they should be. Right. And when you look at the four and fives, right? Caden Stearns, for instance, five-star guy, number one safety when he came out, signed with Texas. Breakout year is freshman year. What happened after that? Nothing. He regressed. B.J. Foster, another five-star from the same class, never saw that level. Uh in in the draft, you're right. I mean, they're not. I think what they might be fourth or fifth in in the Big Twelve Conference. Mm-hmm. TCU is producing more first round picks. Okay, when Texas Tech has more first round picks over a five year span than you do, you had none. Who did they have? Jordan Brooks, and, and then some guy named Patrick Mahomes, who turned out to be really good in the NFL. Right. Uh, but you know, those are the things that are a problem. Uh, I think Sarkeesian changed that a little bit. So my question that I wanted to get to, how does this change the Big 12 landscape? Uh, because obviously if Tom Herman would have returned, I think people would have said, okay, Oklahoma is your number one. And I know people were having a conversation about Iowa, Iowa State being number two, um, you know, with Brock Purdy returning with Brees Hall, plus the fact that we think Matt Campbell's back. Yeah. Does that so, change okay, so, at all? So Matt Campbell uh, on this front, Matt Campbell is about to field some field some uh, some offers. Yeah, yeah. Um, just in the next few weeks. Look, uh, if you if you want to call the Iowa State office for an interview with Matt Campbell this week, they're going to tell you that he's he's taking some time off. Um, so re, you know, take it take that as you will. What, whether he comes back or not, they're going to have a lot of talent coming back to that roster. I believe Mike Rose said he's coming back too. Um, I'm okay, pretty sure he did. But besides that. You know, I think there is some credence to the idea that Steve Sarkeesian doesn't change things too much because people think Steve Sarkeesian, the type of hire it is, makes you feel like it's still almost like, like, I don't feel much different right now about Texas than I did a week ago. Uh, And it's not, not in in two years, I think they should look different because I have faith in Steve Sarkeesian. Like he he should be able to sell his vision of play calling and, you know, like that kind of offense to kids. I think that shouldn't be that hard. And especially if he gets the right kind of staff, he should be able to as well. But at this, at this moment, do I think that things drastically change for the conference? Mm. Not really. Okay. Uh, I think it's I think it's one of those. It's one of those things where football, you know, you know this too. You know, we, it's so narrative driven that the narrative changes. The narrative is always ahead of what's actually happening. Right. Like these are 18 to 22 year old kids that are getting recruited. It takes time to develop them. They are growing as human, as physical human beings when they're in school, like the results, I'm sorry. Sometimes they don't come when you want. Sometimes you have to be more right. patient for OU fans. Sometimes in September, that is the team you not, you don't want to see is not out there, 
but in the cotton bowl at the end of the season in, De- in December, it is there. So that's the one thing I know to, to put the brakes. I like the hire. And I think a lot of people don't, I do like right. the hire, but I think it's, it's in the immediate, does it change the immediate landscape of the big 12? I don't think so in terms of what the result will be next year. And with the ever increasing numbers of makes, models, Fiat's, Kias, all the different, you know, models themselves, like a Chrysler Pacifica and XT5, it is important to stock all the parts you need uh, in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You know, do you have an LX? Do you have an EX? What's the sound it's making? All those questions that you're asked. When you go there, choosing the only brand this warehouse has chosen to carry because they have contracts, all those different things. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Every make, every model, all you got to do is plug in your make, your model, and every part is going to pop up. You need? Do you need a fuel pump? They got it. Do you need a new tailgate for your truck? They got that too. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Uh, And make sure when you check out, you write locked on and how did you hear about us so they know we sent you. Right. Um, I think in, I I disagree because I I do think this makes Texas number two. Um, Cause we're all, all, everybody's chasing Oklahoma, right? So it's going to come down as the Texas is at Iowa state, maybe a TCU jumps up there. Um, Cause they looked a lot better down the stretch than they did at the beginning of the season, much like Oklahoma did. I mean, we saw Oklahoma lost two games and then they went on that run. The reason why I think it changes things and not a knock on him at all, but I think not having Sam Ellinger at quarterback is actually makes Texas even more dangerous. Because I think with I think I agree with, with him as a coach. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Uh, especially when you saw what Casey Thompson was capable of against Colorado. Say what you want. Colorado didn't have the number of players they were supposed to have. Those things. These are still talented players, talented Power Five conference players, and Casey Thompson made it look easy. Now, could that be because they didn't have any tape on Casey? Absolutely. They weren't prepared for Casey? Absolutely. But the fact is that he went out there and did the same things or called, were essentially the same things that Sam Ellinger was doing, but he was doing it at a much higher level. Now, it really helps when you have uh, B. John Robinson in the backfield and you just hand it off and he's going to run down the sideline for 50 yards. I mean, he, he was fantastic. But I'll tell you what, I, th- I think it changes a little bit. But And here's why. Sarkeesian's offense – Najee Harris, we saw what he did. Bijan Robinson, wow, watch out. Yeah, I think the best. I think the best thing you could say about Sark's offense is, is that he knows how to use every single part of it. Right, like there is no stone unturned in terms of how Alabama, uh, the the you know just kind of the variety with which mm-hmm. they used you know in their offense, and um, that is something that Texas needs. You know, we talked about Tom Herman. You know. Uh, stopping B. John Robinson. Yeah, like Sark's going to feed the hot hand, right? We see him feed Devontae Smith all the time. But feeding the hot hand doesn't mean you just, you know, you just keep going, giving carry, 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 right? I mean, that that game that 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 Najee had 
against Florida felt like, you know, you go back and watch it. It felt like he's getting the ball every time he wasn't, he had a gigantic game, you know, on the, on the touches he was giving him. And he wasn't always the guy getting the ball. It's right. good. There was a game where, you know, Mechie and Smith got their fair share of, you know, of, of work there too. So I, I think, you know, Billingsley was involved in that game. Yeah. I think this, this team that that's Sark's best. Well, Atlanta is a bit a different story. Atlanta, though, I mean, the, look, we'll talk about this. You know, this is something that we're going to focus on. The red zone play calling in Atlanta was awful. Um, and when, when I'm curious to see when Sark has all things equal, like when the team he's coaching is equal to the other team, which has not happened this season, what does his red zone play calling look like? Mm. Because then it's on you as the coach to find ways to get guys open. And I mean, throwing fades to fullbacks and not getting Julio Jones the football was a huge issue. Right. Um, and so I think you can make the same argument. Hey, could getting a guy like B. John Robinson, the ball and goal to go situations be an issue. Yeah. That's not a fair, it's not an unfair criticism. So I think that's what I'm most curious about, but from just a play calling standpoint and an offensive mind standpoint, he's there. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. 10% there. You know, it's funny you brought that up because prior to the Alamo bowl, I looked into the numbers and B. John Robinson had two carries and goal to go situations Two, mm. Both of those carries came against Iowa state. 101 times you gave this guy the ball in some capacity, whether you're throwing it to him or handing it off and you let him have two carries in the red zone or in, in goal to go situations. That's the guy who should get. And it's not like there's somebody else back there who should be getting the ball instead of him. Well, no, they would give it to Roshan Johnson, but I, I can't tell you how frustrated I was. And this right. goes back to why I was so glad to hear that Tom Herman's not going to be that coach anymore because when it was all said and done, when they were on the field, and they get into goal-to-goal situations. They either, A, ran it with Sam Ellinger, or they handed it off to Roshan Johnson. I'm like, what has Bijan got to do to get the ball? Because if he's your most dynamic playmaker, and you saw that he was. And I think I think Sark's going to understand that. And that, like I think the offense will be built around him um, in, in a lot of ways. And I, I think that's exciting to see the challenge for him of how to build that. Like I, the first thing I thought when I saw the hire was, wow, Lincoln Riley versus Sark is going to be awesome. Yeah. Like that's going to be one hell of a game. That's going to be an awesome game to just see those two guys go head to head against each other. And, and I'm just curious. See, now the thing is that first year it's going to be different because right. Sark's still doing the young quarterback and that's, it's not like Spencer Rattler, you know, so we'll have to kind of see how that goes. But once Sark finds a guy at QB and you talked about this too, I believe about the quarterback consistency and his development, once he gets a guy, that's when it's like, okay, when when, ev- when everything's on the table for him, that's when he's going to be his best. He's just got to get the guy and then get him to the spot where he can be the Texas quarterback that we all want to see at some point. Yep. Two thoughts here. Can we go ahead and make the Red River shootout prime time, 7 o'clock at the Cotton Bowl? I mean, because this is going to be much watch TV between those two. Teams. I never thought it should be a noon anyway. I feel like it's way too hot to be I, a noon. I hate the noon kickoff. 11 Me too. A.m. kickoff. Um, that was my first thought. My second thought is, well, when you look at Sark, he went in 2019, he went from Tua Tagovailoa to Mac Jones. But what did he do? He changed the offense. Adapted, said, adapted the he, offense. He goes, yes. okay, you can't run this offense. And see, that was the big thing, my biggest issue with Tom Herman. And, and this is why I was excited about Sark. Because he's going to tailor that offense to his, you know, his personnel. He doesn't make his personnel fit his offense. That's the thing that infuriates me the most. And this is at the college level, at the NFL level. I even see it at the high school level. You got a round peg and you're trying to jam it in a square hole. Square, yeah. And it's, it drives me nuts. But that's the thing about Sark is he adapts. And when you see guys at Alabama, like a Billingsley athletic tight end, Texas has one of those too, but they never gave him the ball. 
right? Jared Wiley, six seven dude, can line up in the slot. He can be an inline guy. He had 10 yards more per catch than the guy who was starting in front of him, Cade Burr. He's a much better weapon. They just wouldn't use him. Uh, but, yeah, wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, make sure you're checking out Josh Neighbors' work. Locked on Big 12 podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Josh, appreciate it, and I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be having some more conversations about Texas, the Big 12, and and obviously there's basketball to talk with that huge upset win over Kansas. I feel so bad for you all, Patrick. I mean, the biggest win, it was the biggest Texas basketball win in how long? How many, I mean, decades, maybe a decade. I mean, it, it was, it was a huge win. It was very, and and nobody was talking about it because, because everything Tom was Herman going got crazy. Fired. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I felt bad, but Shaka smart. Hell yeah. Credit to him. Uh, uh, credit to him and credit to the hair. Uh, yes. Texas what the hell, where did that come from? And where did Texas come from? I don't know. Uh, uh, well, the, the, I'll tell you the story before you get out of here. Uh, apparently his, his family wanted him to grow the hair out. And since they've been winning games, uh, his team has told him to keep the hair. So that's where we're at with that. Hell yeah. You know what? Sports is such a – there's so many – Superstitions? Superstitions. It's it's a very superstitious thing. You got to wear a certain pair of shorts or, you know, you have to wear a certain color sleeve on which arm. If it's working, do it. Why stop? All right, make sure you check them out. Josh Neighbors, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. Tune in tomorrow. We will definitely get into some more basketball talk. We're going to talk a little bit about this matchup with Iowa State. How did Texas look? Uh, do want to remind you to make sure you're checking out Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, host Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL and all the latest news and insight from every game, every team, every move. Get your picks, previews, much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. But that's going to do it for me. I will catch you all tomorrow. Hook them.